Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The trade of Kevin Byard was not the start of a mass exodus of Tennessee Titans talent. The injury to Ryan Tannehill was not the end of any hope this team had to put points on the board. And a victory over the uh, over the Atlanta Falcons Sunday by the score of 28-23 puts the Titans maybe into the it's certainly they're, they're not in the playoffs but they're they're in the in the mix right now if you will and uh and led by rookie quarterback will levis they put up 28 points for the first time that's right since january 9th 2021 they had gone 23 straight games including two this season without scoring more than 27 points but uh, so, I, you know, certainly I guess we can say on a short week here as, as Tennessee gets ready for a Thursday game at Pittsburgh, the, the, the picture is much more rosy than it was this time a year ago. The, the trade deadline has come and gone. No, you know, Derek Henry was not traded. Ryan Tannehill was not traded. Danico Autry was not traded. Christian Fulton, who, oh, by the way, is playing better these days, was not traded. Kevin Byard was the only one sent packing and uh, – and and the future looks a little brighter right now. I I think it's fair to say, and and we will certainly get into this more that uh, that that Will Levis has created a sense of excitement about certainly future seasons, perhaps the remainder of this season, and uh, and, and what can happen with this offense after he threw for four touchdown passes and and showed an ability a particular ability to uh to connect on the deep ball his uh his connections with DeAndre Hopkins uh suddenly make that signing look even better than it looked uh looked earlier so uh, again it it's fun it, it Denard says it all the time it's a week to week league and and this week uh Tennessee things look Dramatically different for the Tennessee Titans than they did a week ago. But let's uh, let's start to unpack some of uh, some of these issues or some of these developments on this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast with Denard Walker, former Titans cornerback. Denard, how are you? I'm doing good this evening, David. How are you doing? Doing great. And John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Hope the same for you guys. Doing wonderful. And I am David Beauclair. And, and Denard, let's get right to it. Uh, yeah, we didn't see much of Will Levis in the preseason. What What did you see Sunday? Uh, I, I'm I'm sure. How much of it did you like? Uh, which I'm sure is a lot. Obviously, you liked it considering yeah. the intro because I haven't heard you <laughs> like that in a while. But man, I wasn't expecting that. I did say we we talked about who was going to win this game. I did say Tennessee was going to win, so I want to run. You were the one. I thought there'd be a bad Kevin Byard hangover, but there, well, there certainly was not. 
You two rubbed off on me because I went to do another show for Greg Learned at ESPN Thursday. And I said, you know what? Listening to David and John, I went ahead and said that they were going to lose this game. And then after they won, I said, you got to be kidding me. I will never listen to you two again. Man. I'm not sure either either one of us. Has picked right. okay. Well, you know, David, I mean, wow. I, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, you're talking about a rookie quarterback coming in and playing like he looked like a young Joe Montana. I mean, the throws that he was making and the fact that how him and D-Hop, the chemistry that they had Sunday was amazing. I just wasn't expecting that kind of performance. I mean, he looked like a veteran. He was poised in the pockets. But I'm going to say this. I'm not going to give the credit to Will Levis. How about that offensive line? How about that? Line, they yeah. gave up two sacks. But that was those were my MVPs. Andre Dillard, we've been on him all year long, and he played phenomenal Sunday. Not to mention Chris Hubbard. I heard there's a little birdie that says that Nicholas Petit Frere he might not be seeing the field if these two keep continue to play like they played Sunday. And then this Peter Skaronsky, Aaron Brewer, Daniel Bronskill, this offensive line was phenomenal because remember, when you have a young quarterback, you got to have five pieces that protect them. And every young quarterback dream is to have a great one again. How about the Kings Sunday? What a performance from Derek. Yeah, it, 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 it's interesting because, you know, Dillard, as you said, we've been on Dillard. He ends up being replaced in the starting lineup by Nicholas Petit Frere. Uh, Chris Hubbard gets, gets a concussion in the game. Petit Frere comes, moves over to the right side. Dillard comes in and, and that line continues to protect and, and to, to be, be effective in the run game. And, uh, and, and yeah, Dillard looked like, uh, Dillard looked like a different guy in the snaps that he played Sunday than, than what we've seen. And, and, you know, this is, this is what we've seen from the Titans this year, though. When the, uh, when the offensive line plays reasonably well, the, the defense, can usually do enough to to get them a win, and that seems to be what has happened in the home games this year. And then, you, you know, the the new element of this was the uh, was the long ball, the consistent connections in the in the deep passing game that uh, that, that Will Levis manufactured. And and John, as as we go to you, I, I assume same thing. That's uh, you know that that's the number one thing that stood out for you, or, or was there something else you noticed in Levis's performance that you really liked? Yeah, a few things, you know, starting out with, you know, before even the ball was snapped, you know, everything was was smooth, clean, efficient, you know, which you don't necessarily expect from a guy in, in his first NFL start. Um, and, you know, to to add to that, you know, there, there were clearly a handful of times, maybe more than that, that you could see Will Levis checking the plays at the, at the line of scrimmage as well, changing things up. Uh, and whether he was changing protections or not as well. And, and again, you're not used to seeing that as much from, from a, a rookie making his first NFL start, but there was no, you know, there were no fumbled snaps. There were no needs to, no need to, to call a timeout, you know, as the play clock was running down, anything along those lines. Another thing I liked too was the fact that he was willing to take some hits. He was willing to, to stand in there under pressure. As you mentioned in our, he was only sacked two times, but he did get hit uh, a lot. He got hit 11 times. Uh, a number of those were on those deep passes he threw that he needed to, to hold on to the football just a little bit longer. He was perfectly willing to do so. You know, that that last touchdown pass he threw to, to Nick Westbrook-Akine, you know, he, he barely was able to lift his head off the ground after he threw it to, to see, you know, that the touchdown pass had, had arrived. 
Um, but yeah, you, you cannot help but be impressed by that long ball. You know, coming out of college, kind of the the book from from most analysts on on Will Levis was sure he's got a cannon of an arm, but is he that accurate? You know, and and in this game, I, I think especially those downfield shots were extremely accurate. Um, you know, I mentioned three uh, touchdown passes that went over fifty air yards. Um, you know, which is which is just incredible. Um, that's three of the longest in the of the of the ten longest in the in the NFL this year. Uh, so you know, uh, again, and especially on the, on the play with Nick Westbrook Akine, you know, he's throwing that ball even before uh, NWI is kind of making his cut before he has passed the defender and still drops it in a bucket. He went three for eight on on passes twenty plus yards, which sounds okay. Uh, but you have to remember too, there was that drop by Chiga Conquo on on one of the longer passes that would have made it look better. And Burks, you know, there was sort of a contested catch there on the sideline. Burks wasn't able to come down with it, uh, which was but it was an extremely well thrown deep ball there as well. So that above all things, you know, we hadn't seen that much production that much connection in the long ball game uh, from the Titans before now. Uh, so it made a huge difference. Yeah. And, and the, the entertaining part of it was that that he's an easy thrower, right? I mean, it's not like this guy had to, had to really plant his foot and, and crank his arm back and, and cut to, in order to cut this thing loose. I mean, he sort of just a couple of times just flicked his arm. And I think it was the, uh, the touchdown pass to Westbrook Akina in particular. He took a couple steps to his right, had a, had some pressure in his face, you know, threw it sort of off his back foot and maybe three quarter sidearm and just, just sort of flung that thing down there and, uh, and right on target. It was, uh, it, it was a really fun performance. Of course, he is the, uh, he is the first NFL quarterback since uh since Marcus Mariota to throw four touchdown passes in his uh in his NFL debut and the only other one in NFL history to do it you got to go all the way back to Fran Tarkenton and and the Minnesota Vikings so um you know I I think I think it's 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 good to be reminded, you know, Fran Tarkenton's a Hall of Famer. Marcus Mariota, not likely to be a Hall of Famer at this point. It, you know, they, they, there's nothing guaranteed about uh, about Will Levis's future based on this performance, but there is there there is certainly much more excitement about him and and what it means to this team's future. And, and the impression I came out of the game with, in a way, is that. This was really good news for Derrick Henry and his chances to get another contract from this team. Like I could now see the Titans giving Henry a two-year deal because when you look at what the Titans did Sunday, you almost feel like this is what Mike Vrabel has has wanted to do, and this is how he sees how, how he sees this offense working with Derrick Henry. I mean, this is how you make defenses pay for stacking eight and nine guys in the box, right? You just throw it over their heads and and you get you get big plays and and you. Look, the Titans ran 67 plays on offense Monday, and 58 of them went for five yards or fewer. You know, this wasn't this wasn't them just picking up chunks here and there. And and Derrick Henry, yes, he had a he had a good game with 22 carries for 101 yards, but same sort of thing. He had only one carry that went for five yards. So what what you did, you know, in terms of the offensive lines play, and we talk about it was a it was a good game for the offensive line. You didn't see a lot of the two and three yard losses. It was three, four, five yards at a time over and over 
over again. And, uh, and, and if that's, uh, you, you know, you can, you can, as Derrick Henry gets older, that becomes more the expectation from, you know, you're not, you're not as likely to see the 99 yard touchdown run or the 70 yard touchdown runs these days. But if, but if you can be effective that way and force defenses to continue to deal with him, then Will Levis's ability to throw the deep ball becomes that much greater. And, and, and this becomes a, uh, this, you, you can sort of see what, what coaches want this offense to look like. And, and, and it's interesting, you know, Mike Vrabel said last week he was adamant about the fact that, you know, when Ryan Tannehill's healthy, Ryan Tannehill's going to be our starting quarterback again. He was less committal about that this week when, when asked, and, you know, certainly it, it, it's all but guaranteed that Will Levis will start Thursday at Pittsburgh. And, and, and Mike Vrabel said, you know, we'll, we'll see how it looks going forward. He, he threw around the word hypotheticals, you, you know, all this is hypothetical. So we'll see, but uh, uh, Denard, I'll ask you first, is there uh is there any chance that, that Ryan Tannehill does not get his starting job back once he's healthy? I'm not Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard decision because it's almost like you're contradicting yourself. You say when he comes back healthy, he's going to be your starter. And now you don't want to talk about it because of the performance that Will had Sunday. Now, this is the issue, David. Now, we know I'm always talking about the NFL is week to week. One week, you can be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And the next week, they, they want to throw you right under the bus. So, again, and they're going into Pittsburgh this week, and you know Pittsburgh, they're going to be hungry because they got beat by Jacksonville. And not only that, they got an offensive coordinator that was down in LSU. They're getting ready to run out of Pittsburgh, so you know they're going to be hungry when they uh, Thursday night. But when you look at RT and you look at Will, both when you look at these two, it's like you like you see – a lot of Ryan Tannehill when he first came into the league. You see the accuracy, you see the athleticism, you see that cannon. The thing about it is, is Will look like he gives you a different dimension. I don't know. It just seemed like with this offense, they jail Sunday. So the interesting story, if you Mike Vrabel, do you say, okay, this is the future of our team. We're going to go with Will Levis. Cause if you go with Will, David, I got, an, I got a question for you. If you go with Will Thursday night, and let's say he put on a type of performance that he put on Sunday, and do, do you lose Ron Tannehill in that clubhouse? Is this like a Tom Brady? Um, we go back to 2001, Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe situation. I mean, could this happen again? Could we see this in Tennessee? Yeah, or or, or Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith out in there San you Francisco. You know, we we've seen this sort of thing before. These are these are tough tough decisions to make and they're they're important decisions to make I I think you know you go back to 2019 Mike Vrabel kind of did the right thing and and had the right timing when after six games he said no we're going from Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill you know it's obviously a very small sample size but uh, but he seems to have a, a a good understanding for and feeling for what this uh what this decision is, what it means to a football team and, and, and how it works. So, uh, you know, continuing, uh, continuing this discussion, John Glennon is, is Ryan Tannehill out of a job right now? Should Ryan Tannehill be out of a job or should he at least be worried at this point? I think he should be pretty worried. Yeah. I think um, to me, uh, unless Will Levis goes up to Pittsburgh and absolutely falls apart, um, you know, I, I think you have to stick 
with the uh, with the kid um, right now. You know, it wasn't like we saw a small sample size of Ryan Tannehill. You know, for the first six games, you know, he he didn't have a, a completely different set of personnel than Will Levis did uh, in in one game. But you you just look at the numbers. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill had thrown two touchdown passes and six picks in in those six games. You know, things were were not happening. Uh, you know, the Titans just weren't weren't cohesive, weren't scoring a ton of points. Um, and and again, you know, this is one game. This is a, this is a rather small sample size for Will Levis, but you know, he comes in and he throws the four touchdown passes. I felt like he kind of gave that that offense some juice. You know, a little bit of confidence. You know, a little little bit of swagger out there. Uh, as well, you know, all of a sudden DeAndre Hopkins became a deep threat, you know, three touchdown passes, um, you know, and, and DeAndre hadn't caught a touchdown pass yet this year either, um, you know, and, and to compound uh, or to, to maybe to add to that, you know, Ryan Tannehill is also obviously in the in the last year of his contract and, you know, a good chance that he won't be back next year. So if you figure Levis is going to be the future anyway, you know, I, I think that adds to the argument that that he he sticks around. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a bigger test for Levis this week than last because now he has a little bit of film on him. You know, uh, the Atlanta Falcons obviously know a little bit about well Levis. You know, I'm sure they scouted as they scout everybody in the draft. But nobody had really had seen him in an NFL game, even in the preseason. He only played one preseason game. So now Pittsburgh's got a, a full games worth of tape to look at Will Levis. So it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge for, for him. But I, I think, it, you know, even if it's just a good game for Will Levis, as long as he avoids a disaster, I think he has stated a pretty good case that that he is the guy uh, moving forward. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I mentioned in the open, the Titans now at, at three and four, they are, you hardly call them a playoff team at this point, but they are, they are tied for second in the in the division with Houston. Houston currently has a, has the tiebreaker based on a, a slightly better division record, but they're one of, they're one of three, three and four teams in the AFC. One of the other three is the Chargers, whom the Titans have already beaten. Another one of them is Houston, who the Titans will play twice so they've got they've got head-to-head opportunities there and then there's four teams at four and three two of which are in the playoff if the if the season were to end today so you know that that's how close they are and one of those four and three teams that is in the playoffs is the Pittsburgh Steelers who the Titans play on Thursday night so uh yeah I mean if 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 you go to Pittsburgh and you win this game and and Levis plays well again you know, suddenly you're very much in the thick of the playoff picture. And, and I think it becomes much, much harder to go back to Ryan Tannehill at the, at the very least, what this, uh, what Levis's first impression has, has done here is I think it, it at least gives Titans coaches the, the sense that they don't have to rush Tannehill back in there this year. I think maybe, you know, maybe last year there was sort of this desperation that we have to get him back in there as soon as we can. That's our only chance. And, uh, and, you know, he ended up re-injuring himself. I, I think this time there's going to be a little bit of, there's going to be a little bit of Ryan, you know, take another week, go spend some time and some more time in the training room. You know, we, you'll be, you know, we'll be fine without you. It, 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 you know, it's one of those things that, that might just 
magically drag on for a while. And, you know, what, what we haven't said thus far in this discussion, but I think is, is fairly obvious is that, you know, Malik Willis's future with the Titans looks increasingly bleak. Now, uh, you know, true to his word, you know, Mike Vrabel said both of them were, were likely to play and, and Willis did get in on the field for two snaps. The first one, he was in the pistol formation. It's a high snap. He didn't field it cleanly, didn't fall on the ball. It, it becomes a, a turnover. The next time he comes on the field, fans are booing. And, and it was funny. I was struck by the fact that, you know, this was, this was a throwback game. The Titans wearing the Houston Oilers uniforms, but it, uh, it struck me in, in that respect that it was a throwback to uh to 1999 and the very first game in nissan stadium uh, against the cincinnati Bengals when steve mcnair got knocked out for a period neil o'donnell came back in or came in and then mcnair came back in the game later and was booed when he came on to back onto the field but but ultimately led the titans to a come from behind victory that day 36 35 and and i wondered denard you know you were obviously in the stadium in in uniform part of the team that day um when when a guy gets booed like that for nothing he did particularly wrong i'm curious what uh what the effect was on you guys that day how much did you hear that what did you think of it and and what do you think it it meant you know how how do you figure guys reacted with malik on sunday about that well it's a demoralizing it's a very demoralizing feeling um you feel dejected um so you can't prepare for that when you have 60, 70,000 people booing you. But we knew that we knew as a team that we had to rally behind Steve, no matter what, that he was our franchise quarterback. And if we were going to get to where we eventually uh, ended up in the Super Bowl, it was going to be with Steve McNair. But we knew that Neil was going to have to take the controls until Steve gets back. So Steve already knew we had our backs in, in David and John, you know that when you play in play in this league or you coach in this league, you have to have thick skin. Uh, when things are not right, uh, that's what happens. People turn on you quickly. And so you have to know how to respond to adversity. But there was no question that we were going to rally. We knew that Steve was going to be back. And so if you're Malik, what you don't do is he's only in his second year. Steve had already been a part of that organization, what, four years uh, at that point. So he was well uh, established in the system. So with Malik, that that's that's demoralizing. I hate to see that happen. Uh, he's a young man that we were very high on last year. We was talking about uh, Malik last year potentially being the successor, being the one that takes control, and that hasn't happened yet. And let's not forget, I think fans need to understand that he's only in his second season, and Will Levis has only played one game. David, things are subject to change in this league very quickly. It's about consistency. It's not about one game. And so if you're Malik, what you got to do is to continue to work. We talked about this last week as I alluded to the fact that there was a young man that graduated from the University of Tennessee coming out in 1998 by the name of Peyton Manning. And he struggled that first year. And even though he came back that second year and led that team uh, to the playoffs and ended up eventually losing to Tennessee, listen, it's a process. It takes time. So this is not the time to give up. And this is not a time to say that this one player – 
right now might be the future of this team because you got a lot more football to play. And not to mention, the last but least, this is a team that hasn't won on the road all season. So what a big test you going into Pittsburgh Thursday and see if you can get your first away uh, victory because I think the way that he plays Thursday would kind of give you a kind of an insight on is he's the future or not. Yeah, it, it, I mean, there, there's no doubt that Malik Willis heard the boos and, and felt the boos. I, I think just based on his Twitter account Sunday night after the game, he tweeted out, glory to God, thank God for everything, control what you control, and then uh, and then quoted a, a Bible verse from Corinthians where he said, we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is a guy who clearly is is feeling the weight of whatever, you know, whatever expectations have been on him, whatever, whatever he thinks people think about him right now. And, uh, um, you know, he, he just, uh, you know, it, it took him time in college to find his right situation and, and his game and, and, it, you know, things worked out well for him there. It, it, it hasn't happened yet in the NFL, which is not to say it won't happen. But, uh, you know, John, you, you and I were in the stadium Sunday. Did, you know, did you, did you take it as they were booing Willis directly or they were just booing the, 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 the idea that he's on the field that no, we want to see just more Will Levis and, and all Levis all the time right now? Or is that one in the same? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I think it's almost a little bit of both at the, at the same time. Um, you know, first of all, I think, yeah, some of it has to be the decision in the first place, which understandably I thought was a weird uh, decision. You know, I mean, certainly we had been, you know, kind of uh, told that there might be some switching of, of quarterbacks, you know, from time to time, even, you know, from series to st- series. But, you know, when, when, uh, when Mike Brabel chose to, uh, you know, take out Levis after three plays, um, you know, all of which were runs. Levis hadn't even thrown a pass yet. And when it, when he chose to alternate there and, and bring in Malik, um, you know, I, I thought that was a, a really strange decision. And I think, you know, the, the majority of fans thought so as well. You know, they wanted to get a look at, at more Levis. And, and you know, I, I think maybe the thought process was like, like, look, this is a this is a weird decision to do this after three plays. This is strange. If you're going to keep this up through the whole game, switching so often, uh, we don't like it. We're going to let you hear about it. But at the same time, you're still kind of booing Malik, right? Because if if you're a fan and you think, if you like Malik Willis as a player, if you think he's going to be doing something good, well, you're not going to boo. You know, you know, it doesn't really bother you that much that, that Malik Willis is, uh, is switching into the game. So, I, I think there were some elements of, of booing the Brable decision, but also some certainly some discontent, uh, um, you know, with their feelings on Malik Willis based on on what we had seen from him so far. It wasn't really a great look, uh, I didn't think, to be honest. And and you know, as has been brought up, fans are allowed to boo. It's not not illegal, um, but I, I didn't think it was a it was a great look. Um, Rabel could have avoided the, the whole situation if, if the decision was a little bit better, I think, um, you know, not to make that first move after after three plays, even before a, a single pass was thrown. Do, do you think do you think the plan was to to play Willis more and, and then after the fumble right away, the, the coaches maybe said, oh, the, the, the heck with this. Let's just let's just let Levis throw it around for a while and see what happens or. uh 
or, or do you think it, it was it was always going to be really limited for Malik on that basis? No, I think Rabel even kind of referenced a little bit afterwards. Uh, he was he was asked sort of you know a question along those lines and said that it had been a different plan. Um, but then you know the the fumble occurred and and you know uh, he acknowledged that the snap was obviously not a very good one. Um, but maybe at some point you have to come up with some of those bad snaps. Uh, and even if you don't come up with the snap, you have to do a better job of recovering it than Malik did when, you know, initially he didn't even like, you know, really attempt to fall on it. He kind of sort of, you know, kind of bent over at the waist and tried to pick the football up. And, you know, you, you, it's got to be more urgent. So you just got to recover the fumble. So I think that soured Rabel right there and, and any kind of plan that he had on heavy rotation, I think that that might have gone out the window right there. So, uh, again, we we mentioned that, uh, you know, Malik Willis, I guess, certainly isn't going anywhere the rest of this season. The trade deadline has come and gone. Titans haven't made any more moves. We we mentioned, you know, the Kevin Byard trade is it. Uh, it you know, we talked about it last week. It certainly felt like it was the beginning of, of a big exodus, uh, Denard, you know, what do you make of the the decision to move Kevin Byard now, uh, in light of the fact that that he is the only one who was gone, and and this wasn't uh, this wasn't some sort of fire sale. Does does this speak to any sort of any sort of bad you know bad feelings that lingered maybe from the contract talks over the summer, or or what do you, what do you make of it? Well, I think it was time for a change. Uh, you know, Kevin. And you and John alluded to the fact that when they asked him this past offseason to restructure his deal or to take a pay cut, uh, this this wasn't the first time that this organization has asked him to do that. And listen, at some point, you know, you got to take a stand because you know that you're not going to play forever. And Kevin is 30 years old. So we kind of saw it. We, we saw it coming. We talked about that, that this could potentially happen at some point, And it did. So, again, great for Kevin because he moves on to his birthplace uh, back to Philly and he goes to a great organization and he gets reunited with teammate A.J. who's. A.J. Brown, who's playing phenomenal. So this is a win-win for Kevin because if you look at his situation, now that he's in Philadelphia, he's playing for something much more bigger than just fighting for week to week. He's getting ready to probably go back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, again, you don't you don't even think about that, David. You throw it out. At some point, you know it's time for a change. Every great player, uh, whether it's Emmitt Smith, you name it, they know when the writing's on the wall. And we saw this coming this past summer. So, again, it's a win for Kevin and it creates longevity for his career because now he gets back in Philly and look at that secondary. They're struggling. We're talking about the injuries that they have. So he goes right in and he's going to contribute uh, quickly to that organization. And that yeah. Defense. yeah, he he played a fair amount of snaps, made five tackles on Sunday against Washington. And uh, you mentioned AJ Brown. Of course he took a, uh, if people missed it, he, he took an opportunity, took it, took the, the acquisition of Bayard as, as an opportunity to kick the Titans when they're down a little bit again. And when people, it, when the Philadelphia reporters asked AJ, you know, what did you say to, to Bayard when he showed up? He said, well, you're with the winner now. They do th- things differently around here. And, uh, you know, both, both teams ended up winning on Sunday. So uh, it, it's, it's even Steven right now, at least in terms of uh, uh, what happened. But, uh, but John, uh, you know, is, is, as good as the Titans defense has been, and, and it was certainly good Sunday against the Falcons, 
ultimately might the Titans regret this move if they if they continue to hang around the fringe of the the playoff spots like they are right now? Yeah, to, to me, uh, you know, we talked about this a little last week. I, I think either you're all in or you're not, you know, and and um, you know the Titans kind of did the whole dip the toe thing in in the water of the of the trade department. You know, they, they moved a two-time all-pro safety, uh, you know, certainly didn't make the team any better uh, for this year. And, and you know, at least from the outside, gave the impression that, all right, we're, we're looking, looking towards the future. You know, we need to add draft capital. We don't have a ton of draft picks. It's time to move some of the veterans. Um, you know, and, and then we see the game on Sunday. And, and I will say that, that Will Levis – may have saved maybe we don't know for sure maybe he saved a few veteran jobs um because if they go out and lose that game and look kind of crummy and don't score many points and they're two and five still two days before the trade deadline and i i think you're looking a whole lot harder in in my opinion about moving some of those guys whether it's derrick henry you know Danico archery uh tier tart ryan Tannehill, et cetera et cetera um, now you're three and four, and all of a sudden there's a little bit of a rosier outlook now because you know Will Levis did some things we haven't seen uh, with with the offense in a while. So you know maybe that 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 changed the the Titans' path just just a little bit. But honestly, as as excited as people are, uh, and and understandably so after after that game, I, I still think you know the the right decision in the big picture was to keep going down that same road uh, that they started going down with Kevin Byard, realizing that the, the future is not now, that this team is still not ready, even with Will Levis having one good game, is still not ready to be a contender in the AFC and to stock up in, in terms of draft capital. I know it's probably not a very popular outlook, but I, I think uh, as long as you started that with Kevin Byard, to me, it, it was the way to go to, to keep moving in that direction. Well, but as you as you noted, they they did not. So they uh, they move forward here with with what they have, and what they have next is is the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night. Pittsburgh's always a tough team at home, particularly tough at home in prime time. I remember the uh, the Titans were the first team ever to play a prime time game in Heinz Field, and. Uh, I don't remember what the score was, but I remember it was a lot to zero, and Jerome Bettis ran uh, ran wild over the Titans that night. Um, uh, Denard, as we wrap this thing up, we you know you're you're the guy riding the hot hand. You picked it right last week. Uh, can can the uh, can the Titans handle JJ Watt and the rest of those guys and and make it two in a row this week? Well, they better if we want to uh, come back to the next podcast with all this optimism. <laughs> I, but I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I, I got to get this off my chest. Yeah. First of all, we lost Kevin in a trade, but no one talked about well, when we lost Kevin, who they going to replace it with. No one talked about number 24 Sunday. We've been talking about him the last two years. He couldn't get on the field. He can't stay on the field. He's not healthy. Then you're not thinking Elijah Bowden did a good job Sunday. I did. I, I thought. I thought he looked. I looked. I thought he played fast. I thought he played. You know, he wasn't a guy out there looking like, oh, geez, what what do I do here? Or this is different for me. I, I mean, he. Yeah, he. I, I thought. Uh, I thought he was noticeable in a good way, much more often than not. And I got one more. And I got something I got to get off my chest. And this is where you two. I got to get on you for this. 
How in the world did y'all not talk about Billy White Shoes Johnson being enshrined in the Ring of Hall of Fame and they brought back those ugly blue uniforms? Well, he, he's not, he's not been enshrined. They announced he will be enshrined in the in the Ring of Honor, and that'll be in December. And and it it I guess it's likely the, the game when the Texans come to town when the Titans will bring out the uh the Houston Oilers uniforms again and really, really sort of gig the uh the Houston fans that way. I just I mean the love your blue uniforms, how can you not like it? They made it a little more sportier. They look much nicer than I thought they looked good, yeah. They look good. I thought that man, they look good, they played good, but I was just proud to see Elijah Molden on the field. The secondary played well. I tell you what, they got a little young rookie in there that showed up. Eric Gar. I know he got a little uh, by Scotty Miller. They made that last touchdown, but I love the way that the secondary competed. And I want last but not least, we've been talking about Harold Landry. I think Harold Landry has heard us talk about his play, a, a lack of, and he showed out Sunday with two sacks. Yep. 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 Sure did. Now he's, he's got three in the last three games now altogether. So he's coming around. All right. He's so real quickly, boys, here we go. We're the, the clock's ticking. Win or lose Thursday night, Denard. I'm gonna go. They're gonna lose. They haven't won an away game all season. I hope they win, but I think they're gonna go into Pittsburgh and get B. I'm sorry to say that. John Glennon, win or lose Thursday night. Titans fans rejoice. I'm picking the Titans to lose. I just think a uh, uh, you know Levis's second game is gonna be tough up in Pittsburgh. I say uh, I say lose as well. There is no belief here at Believe in Titans. Until next week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.